Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. And uh, you shift 
idea when you started taking hormone replacement treatment. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. So who would be attracted to you after that? And now you're sharing lipstick and makeup and clothes. No, I'm sorry. No. That would kind of twist things. So you didn't think that one through either. Well, you know, (laughs) a lot of times in these relationships, there's not a lot of thinking going on for long term. You know, that's one of the things people think, you know, for right now. They don't think down the line. So... Listen, it ended up being tied into our switch tip with Shanti's be on alert. Be on alert that things are going to shift when you shift gear. You know, now that's not what she was talking about when she said be on alert. Of course, you know, her word was be on alert for uh, the enemy. Be vigilant. The Bible tells us, be vigilant because the enemy, the roaring lion, is always lurking around, seeing who he can steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. Well, don't think for one minute that he's not trying to kill, steal, and destroy within your relationship. He's not trying to do that to your particular life. He's not trying to do that to any situation, but especially if you've given your life to the Lord or you're trying to change and try to give your life to the Lord. Yeah, you're the target because he doesn't have to go after the people who he already has. All right? So make sure you stay focused on God and be on alert by looking around. Be on alert by, you know, always reading your Bible. Be on alert by studying the Word of God and meditating on His Word day and night, there's a lot of a lot of different ways of being on alert. But you got to keep your eyes open. You got to keep your ears open. You got to keep your, you know, your mind, your focused, your eyes. Make sure that you're looking and you're seeing God and everything. You don't lose sight of God in. The situation, because that's one of the things that the enemy will do. You know, he'll shift what's in your view, and, you know, that'll help you to uh, get off track. Okay? All right. So be on alert, and I can't wait to hear what the new switch tip is Mm, for today. All right? Well, let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day rolled around. Be on alert. (laughs) Again, falls right into this particular situation. As a son came home, five years old, kindergarten, with nail polish on his fingers. Mama didn't seem to think anything was wrong with it. Oh, they were just playing, you know, make-believe salon. But Dad did not find it so amusing. And Mom couldn't understand why not and took it to TikTok to ask everyone's opinion as to what they thought. Well, the average person in the TikTok response said, hey, Dad was overreacting, but Dad says, I'm on alert, and I understand that this is how things get started. Yeah. You know, years ago it was okay 
for your son to step and play into your high heels and, you know, mess around with your makeup. But listen, the enemy is using these things here to help infiltrate our children's mind. It starts off with playtime. And before you know it, this is the gateway in. And it does not mean that for everyone. That is not what is being said here. However, the goal is to be on alert because what used to be just playtime, the enemy is using as an intro. You know, how do you think, you know, people are talking about, well, you know, when I was five, you know, I knew that I was a little boy with the little girl hitting on the inside. Yeah. These little things help to make the introduction. So dad is not having it. No, we don't play those reindeer games with a lot of fathers. They're not having it. All right? So see what the panel said. You know, we have two men on our pastoral panel on Tuesday. So, you know, check it out and see what they had to say about it. Well, wow, Wednesday rolled around and we started our morning off with our girlfriend Vivian and her socially conscious segment. And Vivian talked about Meta, who is being sued. Yeah, those are the ones that own Facebook. <sighs> you know what? <laughs> you know, you really, really, really got to check out everything you do, everything that our children are involved in, because 33 states are suing because they say that Facebook is harming our children because, you know, once they get into the Facebook phase, you know, they're talking about how Facebook is, you know, making them feel bad about their image and, you know, giving them suicidal thoughts and helping them with eating disorders and making it worse. And listen, you have every ability to put it down. Be on alert. You know, that ended up being the theme for the whole week. Be on alert. If you see something's harming you, then get out. Get away from it. And considering that young people, children, have no business with a Facebook page, then guess what? Then parents need to take some ownership here. All right? Well, we talked about the MTA supervisor who was fired for uh, taking a multiple flights to Florida while on the clock. Yes. Mm-hmm. Still punched in. Said he didn't remember. Oh, boy. You know, listen, you're still in time. No, don't don't pretend like you don't know. You're still in time, and you know this is this is the stuff that goes on when your back is turning. You don't realize what's going on. Well, he said that the supervisors knew. Ooh, baby, listen. Everybody tells on one another after a while. After a while, well, go back and listen to what the ladies had to talk about. Because we extended our conversation in ways to show that uh, there's some self-respect, that you respect yourself, okay? 
All right. Well, Therapeutic Thursday rolled around, and we talked about toxic relationships versus healthy relationships and how there were women who didn't realize how toxic the relationship had been that they were in until they actually got with uh, someone who gave them and showed them a healthy relationship. Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty, and a lot of times it's not until you see the good that you realize how bad the bad really, really was. All right? All right. Well, Freestyle Friday rolled around. And we talked about little baby face teen who was sentenced to prison for shooting the little five year old and oh brother. As a as part of a gang initiation and we talked about, you know, whether he should be tried as a teen, whether, you know, he should deal with a stiff penalty, whether the penalty that he was given should be long-lasting and permanent, should they let him go the five years into the sentence and then, you know, check out the behavior and consider shortening the time. Would you know in five years that this person was truly remorseful? So it was a really good conversation that we had with our men and you know it it gives a lot of opportunity for us to think about things on a long-term basis but right here in the immediate yeah I hope that makes sense to you because it makes a whole lot of sense to me oh well our thought-provoking weekend went into our prayer night Last night, as we had the Word Prayer Project back in effect last night, and we prayed for protection of our home. And ooh, we, as always, I don't care how long it's been, you know, that we have the prayer, the prayer requests were amazing. Amazing, You know, a lot of times we're not realizing, be alert, be on, be alert for the enemy who slithers his way into our home in many shape, forms, and fashions. And how he's just kind of sitting there residing in our home with his legs crossed, and we don't even realize that he's sitting there looking right at us how we invite any and everybody into our homes and we don't watch what they do. We don't watch what they say. We don't really watch who they are. We take our eye off of the individuals. Yeah, and before we know it, we have allowed the enemy to set up camp in our home. And last night, was a really good, not just prayer time, but conversations as to how we deal with the enemy in our home. Yeah, it was really good. It was really, really good. And I'm so glad we had our 
conversation and our prayer time together. Yes, you know how I like to say, hold hands and hold hearts together. And the best part about it is, if you missed it, as with any other broadcast, you can always go back and listen. Yeah, don't hesitate to go back and listen. You know, you can go and take part in the prayer. The best thing about it is that the prayer does not have an expiration date. Yeah, you can go back and listen, and you can be blessed. You know, sometimes when you don't know what to say, you can always go back and listen. And just talk to God. A lot of people say, I don't know how to pray. Yes, you do. Talk to the Lord. Get on the knees. Get focused. And just start having a conversation with God about the things on your heart, the things on your mind. And before you know it, it's that time. All right? So that's how we spent last week. And we started off this week. Well. Today, we are shaking the Monday morning blues all over again, so I'm going to take this opportunity to go and uh, well, let you go and get that healthy breakfast, go and tell somebody that it's due time when Pastor Steph is on, and whatever you do, don't go anywhere, because we will be right My name's Mark. I'm an alcoholic. Dorothy T. And I am an alcoholic. For so long, alcohol has sort of been there for me to sort of see me through social situations. Drinking was more important than anything else. My journey in AA started years ago when I reached the outside limits of my desperation. I really wanted to quit drinking. I just couldn't stop on my own. And you know, I remember when I woke up on the day that I got sober... I felt something inside of me tell me that I could go to AA. These people, you know, just gathered around me. That was the fellowship in action in my life. The moral of my story today is that AA has never let me down, ever. If I carry any sort of message with my story, it's that, you know, keep coming back and that this thing does work. If you have a problem with alcohol, contact AA. It works. again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And we are shaking the Monday morning blues as we are closing down to October. Mm. Going into the month of November, we're talking about alcoholism. You know, it's 
Alcoholism Awareness Month. And, you know, AA is, is wonderful. It has its place and duty and has helped many people get sober, stay sober. But I don't want you to eliminate the fact that if it were not for God, those entities would mean nothing. So whether you acknowledge God or not in your sobriety, in your journey, yeah, he's the one in the forefront leading the way into your sobriety. So we're going to give God thanks for every sober individual. Yeah. All righty. All righty. Well, we got our Monday's health tip. And again, as we are closing out of the month of October, we also close down the Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And before we do that, I wanted to just get some facts out there. Ten things you need to know about breast cancer. Well, one of the things, being a woman, they say, is one of the main risk factors. Yeah. Wow. You know, we have learned over the years, last couple of years being on this show, that men get breast cancer too. Yeah. You know, we just lost... Uh, Richard Roundtree to pancreatic cancer. But back in the early 90s, Richard Roundtree actually had breast cancer. Yeah. So being a woman is the main uh, risk factor in getting breast cancer. Okay. All right. Mammograms. Mammogram screenings are really crucial in revealing breast cancer. All right, so make sure you go get your mammogram so that if anything is lurking around in your breast, any lumps, any masses, that it can actually be revealed, okay? They say that, you know, there are parts, there's swelling of the breast, there's skin changes, you know, um, inverted nipples, nipple discharge, all kinds of things that indicate that something could be wrong and the mammogram will expose those things. So you got to make sure you take the time to get your mammogram, okay? Okay. They say, next point, a biopsy is the only way of really knowing for sure if a lump is cancerous, okay? So, you again, 
when the lumps have been revealed either by your your own you know testing of your breast pressing around on your breast or mammogram or anything like that or an ultrasound you can get a biopsy and a biopsy removes the small tissue and it checks they check it for cancer all right and it will let you know if the tissue is cancerous or benign okay all righty next there are three main types of breast biopsy procedures okay they say breast biopsy techniques include fine needle biopsy core needle biopsy and surgical biopsy Core needle and surgical biopsy are the most common procedures for diagnosing breast cancer. Both can determine whether cancer is present, the type of cancer, and the grade or rate of growth. And only a surgical biopsy can determine the stage of breast cancer. Okay? And they say that doctors typically use fine needle biopsy when they suspect a fluid-filled cyst, okay? Next point, breast cancer can be invasive or non-invasive. Well, a surgical biopsy determines whether the cancer is invasive or non-invasive. Non-invasive breast cancer remains at the site where it first started growing, And they say this is stage zero breast cancer, the earliest form of breast cancer. Most of the lesions are discovered during mammograms, okay? Invasive breast cancer is a tumor whose cells have spread from its initial site to nearby breast tissue. And invasive breast cancer can also spread to lymph nodes and other distant areas of the body, okay? Invasive breast cancer is the more common form of breast cancer, and it includes stages one through four, okay? All righty. Next, breast cancer can be a hormone receptor Positive or negative, okay? Hormone receptor positive breast cancer cells, they say have a cell membrane receptor for estrogen, progesterone, or both, okay? They say this means hormones fuel the growth of these tumors and they'll respond to hormone blockers slowing the growth of the tumor, okay? They say about 25 to 30% of breast cancers are hormone receptor negative, all right? Do your research. Do your research and, and find out more of what hormone receptors positive or negative is, okay? All right. Next, breast cancer stages guide treatment decisions. Okay, so 
they say there are five stages for breast cancer, zero through four. And lower stage breast cancers usually have a better outlook, of course, because they are more likely to respond to treatment. All right? The stage of your cancer depends on the size of the tumor, whether it's invasive or non-invasive, and whether it has spread to your lymph nodes or other organs. Okay? So once your doctor knows the stage, you and your doctor can develop a treatment plan that is right for you. Okay? Next, treatment options also depend on the type, grade, and cell marker status. Okay? The goal of the treatment is to reach a state where there are no signs of cancer in your body and the doctor looks at a variety of information to determine the best treatment to attain that goal. Okay? Next, surgery is the main treatment for most breast cancers. Okay? They say there are two types of basic surgery, lumpectomy and a mastectomy. Lumpectomy removes the tumor and some healthy tissue surrounding it. The mastectomy removes the entire breast. And they say the cancer stage determines how extensive the surgery needs to be. And uh, other treatments include chemotherapy, hormone therapy, and targeted therapy. All right? And last, they say you can take charge of your breast health. And that's going to get your mammals, checking your breast for lumps. You know, it, it's, it's something that starts with you. All right? So let's make sure we are doing our due diligence. Okay? And don't panic. You know, if you find any lumps or anything like that, because, again, you know, there are things that can be done. There's sometimes where it's not cancerous, so it doesn't make sense to start panicking and going all crazy. Just do your due diligence, and if you find something, get to your doctor. Get to your doctor. And then just start taking the walk from there. All righty? All right. So I, I say, you know, do your research. You know, I've mentioned some things here this morning that I've never even heard of. And, you know, maybe you haven't either. So go and do your history. I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're uh, studying so you can know what these things mean. You don't want to just be hearing stuff and you have no clue and you don't take the time to go and do any research. I'm still doing research on fibromyalgia. I was up last night, late last night, just reading and seeing what they had to say. And I, that is a developing, oh, my goodness, they are from when they first really started paying attention to it 
there's a lot of information out there now, and I'm sure when it comes to this breast cancer, they are finding things out all the time. All right, so uh, let's see. What are we talking about this morning? I got some news. I got some stuff to talk about. Hmm. Well, oh, I tell you, you know, these daring kids have this story about this eight-year-old Virginia boy who died after falling from a roof of a moving vehicle. And I don't know if many of you know it, but they call it car surfing. Uh, while his older sister drove the car. So they have some footage that they've reviewed, and it showed that this young 8-year-old climbed out of the window of a 2006 Ford Explorer while under the supervision of his 18-year-old sister who was driving the car. And it shows that he stood on the roof of the car pretending to surf for about 1,000 feet until he was launched from the car. So they found him unresponsive and after taking him to the hospital, he died a couple of days later. Now, they have footage from the housing complex where they were driving. And again, you know, this is the 18-year-old sister, okay? She told the cops that she wasn't aware that... Her brother had climbed out of the car, but the footage they have shows that prior to him falling and getting out there, him and another child in the car were hanging out of the window without restraints. So you tell me how in the world you don't know that he's actually surfing do you know what it takes for you to get out of the car and climb onto the roof of the car? That ain't happening and you don't know nothing about it. There's no way in the world. So, uh, they say that she then later admitted that she was driving about 10 miles power within the complex and she got distracted and I guess that's when he was supposedly mm, you know on the hood and oh brother all I know is when you saw somebody on the hood of the car because you can hear it or when you hear somebody on the hood of the car you know all of that ain't happening I'm sorry all of that ain't happening while the car is moving I don't even care at 10 miles an hour. That ain't happening. So, here we are. 
you know, you listen, when you leave these kids with older siblings, you got to be a little more careful because you've got to know whether these kids that you're leaving the kids with are even responsible. And they are showing more and more and more that they're not. So she's at a $10,000 bond, and uh, they let her go. So I don't know how much that meant. And she's barred from operating a vehicle. Wow. Okay, she'll be all right. That ain't helping her or the community at all. What else are we talking about today? Do y'all be thinking about this stuff when I'm talking to you? Because I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking as I'm reading, I'm like, yo, this is crazy. This is straight crazy. Well, let me tell you what else is crazy. I, I actually was reading this. Somebody says, yes, they're thinking. Well, I'm glad you're thinking because I'm telling you, you know, when I'm reading these these are news stories that when I'm first pulling them up and getting them and deciding whether we're going to talk about it the next day or later on, you know, sometimes I get up a little earlier and get some news. And when I'm actually reading it the second ago, my mind is like all over the place. I'm thinking all kinds of things. And I'm like, you know, this world is just, we're in trouble, y'all. We are in so much trouble if we do not accept Jesus as our personal Savior. I, I, this is, like, scary to even think about this is the kind of life we're living in, a world we're living in, rather. All right, so wait, this is another crazy story. So they say over 200 migrants have set up this mini city, quote-unquote, with this nighttime market under the BQE here in New York. So they say this mini city has gone up, you know, where it has been erected, where these asylum seekers, they say, are peddling. And they say from food to haircuts. Now, I'm sorry. I can't imagine. It's one thing if you say you're giving it away away to people who, you know, may not have money and, you know, you're helping out your fellow asylum seekers or migrants, however you want to, you know, term it. But when you say you're selling food, oh, boy. Well, they say under the BQE at Park Ave and Hall Street, in the Clinton Hill section of Brooklyn, this has gone into some crazy market. And they say that the tents are down, but the migrants flock in this area to get their sale on. Now, they're saying that, you know, it hasn't gotten any, the situations have not gotten any better, you know, just because the tents are not there, because they have congregated 
at a heavy rate, and they have definitely changed the look of this area. They say they've set up temporary open-air homes by putting up mattresses, tables, and other accessories between rows of parked vehicles along the garbage-strewn section under the BQE. When I tell you this is a mess. Now, imagine. I want you to imagine. You know how you are under the, underneath the highway and they have, like, the parking ability and they have the cars marked and things like that, the, the, the street marked with the yellow lines? Well, in between the cars, that's what they're talking about. So you can go to drive your car but not be able to open up the door because the migrants have set up mattresses and tables and all kinds of things, beds, right there beside your car. Now, are you really going to feel safe going to your car at this point? Well, they haven't said that there's a lot of crime that's going on, but I'm just saying, I wouldn't feel very safe. And they have a picture of a man laying on a, on a table, and this is one of the, uh, like a high table. This ain't no low table. This is a high table. They have <laughs> um, all these uh, suitcases and everything between the cars and in, like, the driveway, so where the cars would drive, all of that's laid out there. They say there's smells of urine and trash everywhere. I'm looking right at it, y'all. And they say that this is right in the neighborhood. So right outside of, you know, this parking area, people actually live there. There are buildings and, and houses and stuff there. It's not like this is, like, an industrial area. No, it's where people live. They say that a, po- uh, uh, um, a reporter saw, they say, some men sitting in a folding chair, and they had some Nike sneakers and all kinds of other sneakers lined up all over the table. They say that one Ecuadorian migrant has set up a thriving barber business and he charges $15 for a haircut and he gets about eight customers per day. There's another guy, is that the same guy? Nope, it's another guy who they have who also is set up there with a barber chair. He's got a chair. He's got the clippers going in somebody's hair, giving him a shape-up and a line-up. He's got <laughs> a, what do you, a smock on him. Oh, my. And the thing about it is, there are people who are actually patronizing them. Now, here's the thing. I don't know whether 
people are patronizing who are just um, migrants or if there are people who are patronizing them who are just like regular, average, everyday people. Because I have to tell you, I'm looking at some of these people in these chairs and they don't look like homeless or anything. No. They actually look like they're like decent people. A lot of people look better after they get a haircut. But imagine, now now check this out. Here's my thought. Here's my thought. Y'all help me out. Remember now, they're saying that the one of the guys who who cuts hair says he gets an average of eight people a day for fifteen dollars. Now, if you're a migrant, where you get the money from to pay? So it has to be somebody who's going over there who figures, you know what? Let me help the migrants out. You know, they're honest. They're putting in, you know, uh, uh, um, an honest day's work. And I'm going to be honest. I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world. However, remember the description that I just gave you. They say that it smells of urine. You've got all this, these people there with mattresses and, you know, um, Luggage and it looks a mess, y'all. It looks a mess. It looks an absolute mess. They say about 200 people are underneath here. This BQE, and I'm sorry, you know, I'd have to miss out on that haircut. I'd have to miss out on that supporting opportunity. I couldn't say, no, I ain't going underneath there to support you. But you know what? It might be other people who were migrants or asylum seekers at one point, and, you know, they're kind of feeling sorry. So they're going to support. And I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. I'm I'm not, you know, going to beat you up for that, you know, to each his own. And, you know, God bless you if you can go and support that in those conditions, you know. So I don't know, y'all. I want to give you one more story that I had, and I thought this was yay, yay, yay. I mean, take, I mean, one for the team, okay? Now, you'll see why I'm saying this. So, they've got this article about when the the main shooter, who is now dead, He's been dead, but now, you know, it's, you know, at one point they were like, we don't know where he is, we can't find him, he's dead. Well, they say that he ordered a silencer, for those of you who don't know, who don't look at the news like I don't, he ordered a silencer for his, that assault rifle, a few months before he launched this, 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 uh, this shooting, right? And it was shipped to a gun store in Maine. And when he went to pick it up, they say on August 5th, he went to pick up this accessory. 
and he has to fill out a form. Well, there's a question on the form, and he he filled it out honestly. And the question was something to the effect. Let me let me get this right. They ask you on the form something about spending time in a mental facility. And he answered honestly, and he said yes. So the question is, I found it, have you ever been adjudicated as a mental defective or have you ever been committed to a mental institution? And he marked an X in the yes box. Well, one of the uh, people who work there, they let him, they saw it when he was filling it out. They didn't say anything. They let him complete it. And when he completed the application, they then advised him that he could not get the silencer because he had checked yes and they were not allowed to give him that silencer that he ordered because he had some mental issue. Now, they say that he was very calm. He didn't stir up any, you know, problems. He just said, okay. He left out the store, and they say because he could not get the silencer, this actually saved lives. Because one of the things that happens, as we know, is once people hear gunshots, everybody scatters. And needless to say that if there was a silencer on the gun, that no one would have heard the other gunshots or any of the gunshots and they would not have been able to flee. So, you know, more lives would have been taken. So thank God that there was no silencer on the gun. Thank God, you know, it wasn't something he could go get off the street or just buy in a store and not have to answer any questions. But, yeah, yeah, I just say yes. Yes, 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 yes. You know, we are always talking about making things more stringent for people to get access to these firearms and accessories and things like that. And here we have at least one time where this has happened, and we really give God thanks really, really, really give God thanks. I want to talk to my due time crew here. Uh, Let's say good morning to Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Monday, Monday morning. Good morning to you. It feels like it's been a century since I've been able to do that. (laughs) Yeah. How are you? I am doing well. How are you today? Good, good, good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. Oh, boy. Let's talk about this eight-year-old car surfer. You know, the sister says she didn't know anything about him, you know, being without restraints or hanging out the window or, 
getting on a car and all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, I say, as with, you know, y'all throwing these kids to grandmas who don't want to babysit and they end up, you know, hurting or killing these grandchildren, you're going to have to, you know, be careful of leaving the kids in the care of the older siblings. How negligent was this? Absolutely negligent. Nine times out of ten in her thought, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You know, <laughs> excuse me. In her mind, you know, view, you can't tell me that you had no idea that this child had climbed out the window. Nine times out of ten, it was a thought, you know, and of course, you didn't think that his life would be taken. What's the worst? He could, he could hurt himself, you know, but... You know, you think it's cute, you think it's funny, you know, and this is what happens when you decide to leave your child with someone who you think is mature enough to be able to handle it. And as we can see in this instance, it wasn't. And I guarantee you, the child didn't think about uh, about that himself. She thought of it. And, of course, to evade any type of... Um, retribution or or acknowledgement of the fact that you caused the life of this child being gone, you know, she, oh, well, I didn't know he came up, he he was climbing out the window. How do you not know? I mean, just something happening in the back seat, you're aware of it. Now you're saying you had no idea that, you know, um, he was climbing out the window. You you don't look at your side, side mirrors. You don't see what's going on in the side of your car. You're aware, you're supposed to be aware of all of those areas. So you can't tell me that you didn't know. You know, Tamika, I've been driving for a long time. And even if I don't count the time I've been driving, if I stood on the outside and I never drove a car and I looked at the car, you are never going to convince me that you did not know this kid was on the roof of the car because you cannot get out of a moving vehicle from the side of the car and climb on the top of the car and then position yourself to act like you're surfing and the car is 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 not is moving the car would have to be still in order for you to get up there so you knew good and well he was up there You knew good and well. And not only that, she claimed she was driving at 10 miles per hour. If she was driving at 10 miles per hour and he was thrown from the top of the car, unless he had like a really bad, um, you know, a head wound, he would not have died. So this had to be at some rate of speed that would allow for this to happen. So you know what? You're just lying and, of course, you know, you don't have your lie together. So this is something that, again, you really got to be careful of who you leave your kids with, you know, even these older siblings. So now you have your 18 and your 8-year-old, and now you don't have either one because she's going to jail. Oh, you better believe she she on our side of the fence. She, she, she's going to jail, going directly to jail. She ain't passing go, and she's not past getting the $200 either. Oh, she's going to jail. That That is... That is going without saying. All right. So you I think gotta... about it. I'm sorry. Yes. No, 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 go. You you didn't hear any aluminum? You know, you didn't hear him right. coming up on the, on the hood of your car? Yes. 
This is what I'm no. saying. Sorry. You would hear. Right. Yes, yes, you're right. Even you would hear. <sighs> What'd you say? No, I just took a big sigh because I'm just. Uh, <laughs> yes, you would hear, Tamika. You would hear that on over your head. You're absolutely right. That's what I'm saying. You can't tell me you didn't know anything. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. 200 people underneath the BQE Migrant Asylum Mini City, they're calling it, where they're selling sneakers, food, giving haircuts for $15, are you going there to get a haircut? <laughs> I personally am not. Um, but there are some people, you know, that will go an extra mile for a deal. You know, I, I know someone who lives in Manhattan who will come to Brooklyn to a specific gas spot because gas is cheaper. You, you got wow. places here, you know, in Manhattan. You, there, there's always somebody who can find a deal. Then there are other people who, you know, have some financial issues. And hey, if that if if that'll help me and I look presentable and it's cheaper for somebody, you know, that's a blessing. You know, for me, I probably wouldn't wouldn't venture out to try that. Um, I'd be more guarded. You know, um, it all depends on the individual. For that individual, that's supporting them. You know, we, we already know they're having issues trying to find employment. And so if they can find a way to, you know, do a side hustle, if, if that's what you want to call it, or, or support themselves, then, you know, honestly, I, I applaud them. Because my thing is, we got them here, and now it's a, well, well okay, you're here, figure it out on your own. And, you know, they're doing it. Like it or not, they're doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely, um, listen, they, we have definitely um, come to an understanding that these are workers. A lot of these people are workers. They're willing to work. We've seen this firsthand, you know, on many, many, many different levels. We've seen that they're willing to work, given a chance. They'll work. And a lot of them are very talented. You know, so, I, and I told you, I'm looking at the picture of the, you know, of the, the haircut, and the guy is looking mm-hmm. lined up nicely. However, right, again, I saw it too. Mm-hmm. You did? And it looks good, right? Yeah, looks great. Yeah, it really looks good. And he got, listen, he's got his little uh, uh, smock, you know, and I'm telling you, I, I'm like, wow. This is this you know I gotta give it to you. You're gonna make sure you. He says he gets he gets eight. He gets an average of eight customers a day. So somebody's trusting them, and like I said, it can be all of your fellow migrants because where are they getting the money from um, necessarily. But you know, unfortunately, the environment that that it's in. You know, it's like anything else. I'm not going to certain, I don't care how great the deal is, I'm not going into certain parts of Jamaica um, if I, I don't deem it safe. So, unfortunately, you know, they, that's one of the challenges. You know, you can't help the environment, you know, that you're in. You know, you just got to make it work 
and, you know, give God thanks for the eight people you got, you know, and, you know, just hope that there are more sent to you. Uh, we've got this, this, uh, we've been talking about this, the stringent um, requirements to get these firearms and the firearms accessories. And what say you about one for, yes, there was no sale because you checked, you had been in some mental institution at one point. You know, I, I at one point, I'll, I'll just be very frank and honest. Um, you know, Al has a um, a license to have a firearm, and you know, even now at this time, he's been going through some things. You know, um, paperwork. You know, and then after getting this. You got to get references, and then after getting references, you got to go through this, and you got to, you know, even with my signature, I got to be able to sign this. And you know, at one point, to be honest, it, it can be frustrating because they're making it, as we speak daily, harder and harder for just your everyday citizen to to have or to carry. You know, and the sad part about it is there's always a handful of people on one side that make it complicated for just your every day, you know, but in this instance, oh my God, you have to thank God because, you know, how many more lives would have been taken because yeah. you didn't hear the bang, you didn't hear the boom, you didn't hear people running, you know, you, you, you were completely, you know, not aware, you know, so I thank God, you know, that extra question saved whew, how many lives, you know, we, we can't even think of, you know, if you didn't hear it, you have no warning. You know, the fact that I could hear it gives me a warning. Okay, I got at least a couple of seconds to get away. Right. Right. Really, really, really a bonus uh, in this particular instance. You know, right now there's a head count of 18, but there would have definitely been a a, a lot more, even one more you know, life that would not have been spared had that silencer been sold. So we give God thanks for everything. All right, thank you so much for being a part of the show this morning, Tamika. Let's talk to Pastor KL, and then we're going to come back and have our main topic. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well, thank you. I am well, thank you. How are you doing over there? I'm well, I'm well, but before you even start, I, I, I had to clutch my pearls when Tamika said, let me be perfectly, perfectly honest. I thought she was going to tell me that, you know, that uh, Al was, was committed into one of them um, crazy places. <laughs> and I was about to say, I knew it, I knew it, I knew there was something wrong oh, with that man. man. But, but, but I thank God it was just the license he was ta- she was talking about. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Oh, well, thank you. Thank, yes, thank God that you know Al. Well, you know what? That would have been his former life, Pastor Gail. You could appreciate that. <laughs> you know, she didn't say the reason why he's not on the show today is because he's been 
the mental institution. She was talking about his former life. So, you know, we're going to give God thanks for everything. <laughs> for delivering. That's right. That's right. Oh, my goodness. I need the, well, I need the imagery of him clutching his pearls to die. <laughs> well, I ain't want to bring that one up, Tamika. I ain't want to talk about that. I ain't want to talk about him clutching his pearls. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, Pastor Kale, we're talking about this 8-year-old and his older sibling, the 18-year-old, who was driving the car, who claims that her brother was on the roof of this car surfing while she was driving, but she had no idea he was up there. You know, they say that they can see on the footage from the complex that they live in where she was driving um, at one point that... He was he and another little boy were hanging out of the windows, unrestrained. So they're like, "Well, how how could you really not know that he was on the top of the car surfing?" She claims it was only ten miles an hour. She was driving, and he was you know thrown off the top of the car. And two days later, he actually died from whatever wounds um, he sustained or injuries he sustained, and, you know, they have her where they had $10,000 bond. She's been released, and she is banned from operating a vehicle. Did she really know he was on that car or not? First of all, she didn't like her brother. You know, I mean, certain certain things start at home. You know, I, I, I blame the parents. Because you, you you watch them deal with each other. She she she, didn't, she wasn't appreciative that you had another baby anyway. Ten years later, you know. And now, as most children do, as most parents do, you stuck me with this child. You know, because why is the eighteen year old with the eight year old anyway? How how did that happen? You know what I mean? And she she's not an adult herself, so she can't watch no child. You know, I remember my, my parents had me in a car, and they child locked the doors, they child locked the windows. I couldn't, okay. I couldn't get out to breathe if I passed gas. I killed my own <laughs> self. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so, for, for for you to have all this liberty, no seatbelt on, you, you know the child doesn't have a seatbelt on, the windows wide open. Of course, you know what's going on. You said Romeo must die today. Mm, yeah, this is really not something that you. This is not a great defense that you did not know. Um, but you know what? Even at, a, even at yeah. ten miles an hour, you know, for eight year old, that's still fast. You got to get out the car, yeah. climb up the side of the window, yeah. get on the on the roof. Even at ten miles an hour, you you tripping and yep. bumping or doing something. Yep. You're not just getting yep. up there freely like that. Yep. You 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 practicing for a stunt dummy. Yep, it's very true. I'm still trying to figure out how all of this happened. That's why I said if I was if I was just standing on the side, looking, if the car was still, you'd have. There's a lot of movement that takes for you to get on the roof, and you. I mean, come on, this is really not something that that you can get um, up on top of no roof, and the car is moving easily. 
if the car's standing still, it's not easy. So, yeah, she's, I, you know, and it's funny, Pastor Kay, I thought about when I was saying that, you know, you, you, you throwing these kids to the grandparents who don't want the kids. You're throwing the kids to the older sibling who don't want the kid. You never watched their interaction. You never watched exactly. whether they, you know, whether it's how she treated him or, you know, um, whether she pushes him or ignores him or, you know, it's it, it, all of this here that's going on. You know, a lot of questions need to be asked because this, this stuff here is really, really puzzling to me. I don't know. I don't know, Pastor K.L. All right. We're talking about the migrant mini-city that's underneath the BQE in the Clinton Hill section of Brooklyn. They're out there selling sneakers. They're out there um, uh, selling food. They're out there cutting hair. But also at the same time, it's a mess. It's a mess. They said it smells of urine. They said the neighborhood, that this is so bad that the neighborhood is smelling because of this setup. And you have this um, barber who has his uh, chair and his clippers. He's cutting hair. He's got his smock on his customers. And he says he gets an average of eight customers a day at $15 a pop. And my thought was, I I commend you, you know, for what you're doing, unfortunately, because of the other situation and the setup, I just couldn't be your customer. What about you? Now, I know you ain't got no hair, but, you know. Let let, let me say this. I, I, I cut my own hair, you know what I mean? But down here, just to get just to get a shave, a bald shave, is twenty two dollars. So, wow. so I'm looking at it this way. I'm, and, and this is just a, I'm not getting no line. I'm not getting no shape up. I'm just getting all my hair cut off, and it's twenty two dollars. Wow. So I'm looking at it like this. Here, Tyrone is charging me twenty two dollars, but Ubuntu is charging me fifteen dollars. You know what I mean? I might have to go to Ubuntu. You know, he might have to help me out a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm just okay. saying. You know, Ubuntu huh? become my friend. <laughs> Listen, I ain't mad at you. I'm not mad at you at all. You know, because you know this is a. Uh, again, you got to do what you got to do to to make it happen. You know, if you only got fifteen dollars and you hold your breath for the time that you know he's cutting your hair, then you do so. You know, it's all in what you can tolerate and how much. You choose to support, and I ain't mad at you. I'm not mad I mean, at you he, at listen, all. He, he's cutting it off, so he's not there styling me. How long am I gonna be in that chair? No, he's giving a he's giving a line up, shape up, or whatever y'all call it. I'm um, talking about for he, me. For, for oh, me, you. he oh, okay. cut it off. I ain't gonna oh, be in that okay, chair that long. Okay. That's true. That's true. That's true. Because, like you said, you don't have no shape up and line up and all right. this kind of stuff. Right. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. Yes, that's true. That's true. You just got to hold your breath until all the hair is gone off your mm-hmm. head. Yes. Okay, yeah. I got you. I got you. Unless I ain't mad at you. I'm not mad at, you know, like I said, the guy who was sitting there, he looked very relaxed, you know, in the chair as his hair was being cut. 
And, you know, I'm looking at this. They have this table, this purple table that looks like it could barely hold this man's weight. You know, he's laying on the table. He's sleeping. And, you know, it's sad that, you know, this is what they've come to. And, you know, Tamika and KL, I want to ask you about this. You know, they have said, let me see if I can get the quote. I want to see if I can get the quote. Because when I read this part, I was like, this is what we've been saying. Oh, boy. It was about the fact that, oh, he said, the guy who's cut, who, one, of the, one of the barbers, he said that he had been in a shelter, and he had been in there for 30 days, and he couldn't stay there any longer. Mm, and this is something that we've been talking about. You know, what are they gonna do? So now, you know, what do you what do you face with? And I'll start with you, Pastor KL, since we're talking to you. You know, he says, Listen, I, I did the third excuse me, I did the thirty day thing. He's from Ecuador. And after the thirty days I had to get out the shelter. Excuse me, I had to get out the shelter and I was booted out. What do I do? Mm. Okay, so he had to get out because he couldn't take the, the, the situation or they put no. him out? No. Nope. I'm going to read exactly what it says here. One of the guys. He says, uh, Jose, who's 48, of Ecuador. This is not the barber. This is another gentleman. Said he arrived in the United States six months and spent 30 days at the shelter because he had to, and he had to move because he was um it was time for him to go he had no other option but to leave you know and and and, and while I while I really hate that for him you know he didn't think this thing through when he left Ecuador wherever he left you know unfortunately we keep on painting this great picture for all these migrants you know these immigrants, but but you don't you don't think this thing through. So now you're here in a whole other country, and let's just say it's winter time. What you gonna do? You was better off where you was. Yeah. You know we we make a lot of decisions, and even us as as Americans, we make a lot of decisions. You know, and we ride by the seat of our pants, and we don't think this thing through until we out in the middle of the street. Mm. Okay. Tamika, you know, we've been talking about this. You know, Vivian has talked about this on Socially Conscious, that, you know, Eric Adams said they've got 60 days if it's a family and then they have to leave the shelter system. they got 30 days if they're a single person, they have to leave the shelter system. And here we have, you know, 48-year-old Jose who says, hey, you know, I was there. I left from Ecuador, came to the United States, was here for six months, spent my 30 days, and now I don't have a place to live. So this mini city is now my place to live. Well, here's the thing about that, you know, and I, and, and I said that, if anybody heard me during the summertime, I said winter is coming. Now <laughs> we're right on the precipice of that, you know, and I, I think that what we're doing is really, really 
um, extremely hard. We're talking about individuals who have come from a totally different climate. They don't know winters like we know winter. You know, New York is, can, can be bitterly cold, you know, and as a person who's been out there, you know, on the street giving to those that don't have it, you know, and watching, you know, last winter in actuality, um, it wasn't even winter now that I think about it. It was, it was somewhat spring, but it was still very, very cold. And we were out there, and I remember seeing a woman who all she had was flip-flops and socks. And she was standing out there literally shivering. She needed something for her children. We were able to provide blankets. We had three. We had just enough for her and her two children. And now we're talking about this type of thing. And you're trying to find any means possible, any needs necessary to be able to, to take care of yourself, to stabilize yourself, stabilize the family. Um, I just, you know, my heart goes out to them. Do whatever it is that they can. And so you also think about it, where am I going to go? <clears throat> I'm going to hang with those people that are going through the same plight as me because that's, that's a safety net for, for myself. You know, it may not look so good. It may not smell so good, but this is where I am until I can get better. And so if I've got to cut a couple of heads, if I've got to, you know, you know, uh, sell my shoes, if I, you know, it, it, whatever it is that I can do to, to get my livelihood, you've already told me I can't work or it's going to take me a while to even try to get, try to get access to work. So, you know, my heart goes out to them, and, and you know, I can understand their plight, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing what they can after this 30-day boot. They are, they're out here trying to make it. They're out here trying to make it. Mm. All right, Pastor KL, we are always talking about the accessibility to these firearms and the... Uh, accessories and all kinds of things and here we have at least one time where we have someone being told no they could not purchase the silencer for the assault rifle and that helped to save countless lives we don't know how many you know lives would have been taken outside of this 18 had the uh, store clerk not been brave enough to say, hey, you know, we can't give you this accessory because you have checked that you were once in a mental institution. Did we dodge that bullet or what? Are you talking to the mute button, Pastor K? There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I was. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it from a whole nother side, though. I mean, while, while the, the clerk did well, I think she could have did a little more. Because my thing is that if you that stupid to say, yeah, I was in a mental institution, then you're still crazy. Because if I'm buying a silencer to kill some folks, the last thing I'm going to let you know is that I'm crazy. Or I was crazy. So I think that, that once he check that box, she she or he had all his information. She should have reported that to, to, to the higher oh, people okay. at, at B. So, so they could have called the police or do some type of investigation because why would a crazy person who was in a crazy institution need a silencer? First of all, when you go hunting, you don't need a silencer. Mm-hmm. So why would you need a silencer anyway? 
Mm-hmm. You're planning on doing something that's really not legal. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, she could have did a little something a little more because, again, the deer don't care if they hear a gunshot. The bear don't care. The turkey don't care. You know what I mean? You don't need a silencer to go out there and shoot and hunt. You need a silencer when you hunting us. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I said to myself, you had on that application an address. You had on right. that application a phone number. You had on that application all kinds of um, information, and I would have definitely turned you in because I'm now afraid for my own life. That's right. why I use the word brave. Because, see, now if I said, okay, sir, you know what? Unfortunately, we cannot give this to you because you've checked that this is your answer. Now, my thing is, I need somebody to find out who you are because how do I know you're not coming back for me? Because a lot of people would not have said no just because they were afraid because of what, of the point you just made. Well, you got something if you need a silencer. You got an assault rifle. Or you at least applied for an assault rifle. You may not even have it yet, but if you've applied for it, and I'd be afraid that you're coming back to get me. So that's enough for me to give all that information to the authorities. So I, and, I actually... And, 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 and I, I, I'm not one who knows a lot about guns, but I would think that depending on the size of the silence, I'm thinking all silences don't go on every gun. Right. So so right. it should be able to, to depict what type of, of armory you have that you need this size silencer. So at that Absolutely. point, you definitely need to be calling somebody. Absolutely. Because that's why you had to order it, and you couldn't go to the store and buy it. Because right. it was a special right. order. I agree with you 100%. You had to order this thing. And most times, if this is an average thing, you don't have to order it. They have it in the store. It's like anything else mm-hmm. you buy. Because it's customized to what you're, you know, going to use it for, you need to go and order this. So that's why, like I said, I agree. I'm saying to myself, mm, I'd be too scared that you coming back and using that. You got something. And that means that you have the ability to use this gun without a silencer. You just want to use right. it so you're undetected. So you make, you make very good points. With you know, do I tell somebody else? And again, you're a store clerk. You're not even the store owner. So it, that right. means it went nowhere. Because I said to myself, "Well, you mean to tell me between the fact that the store clerk and the store owner knew that this person was denied a silencer, y'all couldn't have, nobody could call anybody and say anything." So I I, I actually agree. But you know what? We gotta give God thanks for whatever little bit was done. Could it have been um more? Absolutely. But let's you know, let's give God thanks because whew, just one no makes the difference. And you know, go that extra mile. Go the extra mile because that could have even prevented this from happening at all. Oh, well thank you so much for joining us. We have a few minutes. 
before we get our switch tip. And, you know, <laughs> we're talking about, you know, we've got another day or two of this Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And we're talking about being loved, love-bombed, they call it. And they say love-bombing is a person of your affection who is trying to influence you by bombing you with attention and love, and they want you to be aware. They want you to be aware of some signs that you're being love-bombed. So one of the things that they say is that everything seems to be fast. Everything, you know, they, 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 they're falling in love with you. You know, they're buying you up all of this stuff. They're taking you on a trip around the world. Everything from the time you meet this person, everything is happening so quickly. And they say that's one of the, re- one of the ways it, you, know, you can see that you're being love-bombed. Ah, uh, Tamika. Yeah, you know, and for that person who's looking for affection, you know, uh, that can catch you by surprise. Oh, you got a gift. You know, you've been, you know, you've only known this this person for, what, a week, and they're already telling you that they love you. You know, they're buying you, you know, odds and ends, little gifts. You know, at first it sounds interesting, but then you, you really have to think about it. You don't know anything about me. You don't know anything about my disposition. You don't know anything about anything, you know, and you're automatically telling me that you love me. You know, that could lead to a control stage, you know, so that, you know, everything that you tell me, then I follow, you know. So you got to be real, real careful about that, especially with someone telling you that they love you that quick. You know, you don't know me. You don't know anything about me to love me. You know, start inquiring. Start asking questions. All righty. Pastor K.L., you know, this love bomb indicator is that everything happens so fast. Well, this is my subject. This this is the perfect subject for Pastor K.L. Because, again, as I've said before, you know, in my former life, I, I used to just watch you. You know, and I, and I used to watch how someone treated you. You know, and a lot of times women, you know, men too, but women gravitate to a man who says nice things because, you know, especially if that if that woman likes the bad boy. Because the bad boy is not saying nice things. The, the bad boy is not opening up the car door. The bad boy is not doing all, all of these things. The bad boy is just a bad boy. You like the bad boy because he has lots of money badly. But there is no emotion and no, no, no affection. So here I am, not the bad boy, the good boy type, in the shirt and tie, and I seemingly care about you. And how did that happen? Because all I attract is bad boys. So now I'm saying things and I'm doing things, and now you're gravitating and you, you are falling in love. So by you falling in love, I say it before you say it, that I love you. And that was hooked. Line and sinker. Mm, that's a whole lot of thought. Goodness gracious. Mm. Wow. Uh, ladies, I hope you're listening. Because I'm sure that where this may have been 
Pastor KL, years ago, there's somebody out here doing this stuff right now. They, and I want, I definitely want to speak about this one. They say that he acts like a hero. Oh, he wants to save you from everything. Be a love bomb. Come on, Tamika. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I, Pastor KL is, is 100% right. Um, we're, you know, and not picking on him, just, just stating per, per, per person. You know, I, I know of an individual who literally is a predator. He will lit, literally sit there and watch you, watch what you do, what you're into, that type of thing. You know, and then literally within seconds come right in. Like, you, oh, I love jazz. Jazz is my favorite, blah, blah, blah. Person, now, this individual can't sing worth anything. But because you said you like jazz and you were talking to your girlfriend, he comes in like a night and shining on. And you're like, oh, you he has absolutely no idea about jazz, knows nothing about jazz, heard something in passing, and now all of a sudden you're attracted to him because you think that he has what it is that you need. But in actuality, he's literally just a representative. And as soon as you let him in, he's going to try and trace all over everything it is that you think that you hold dear. You know, it's just to literally get what it is that he can get from you. Good stuff, good stuff. Pastor KL, you know the terminology that's used when he swoops in and saves the day all the time. Well, Love I, I don't know if I can use. I don't know if I can use this term, but you know they say you become Captain Saver, and you know what the end is, and and that, that's what we become. That's what we become. You know, we we are the knight and shining armor. That that's that's who we are. You know, and, and we got you. You know, and, and now what happens is that we guilt you into having to stay with us. Oh, man, look what he did for me. Look what he did for my kids. He took, he, he took my kids to ride playland. Now, now, now each, each child went on one ride. One ride, because that's all I could afford was one ride. But I took the kids to ride playland, something that the bad boy, their daddy would have never done, you know, you know, and I bought popcorn and I bought ice cream and now the kids love me and I can't leave them now because now they're in my children's life and I don't want to disappoint my children. So, yeah, we, we're going to have to figure this thing out. Mm, wow. You, you know, you just slid into the next point that they're bringing up. And they're saying that, you know, he tries to sell you on the fact that he's better than anyone else you've ever dated, anyone else you've ever been with, anyone else you've ever spent time with. So this is definitely, you know, walking into that particular situation. Ah, here's one of the other things. Mm. Let me see. Uh, it says he keeps reminding you how good he is to you and how good he was to everybody else before you. Tamika, mm, 
that's questionable. Best start listening. Yeah, that's that, that's a, a a big thing. I don't, I don't need you to remind me of anything. You know, I've got my own braid. I, I can weigh the pros and cons. You know, oh well, you know, and and then that whole idea of you know you're never gonna find anybody else. You know, I'm the best thing that you've ever had. I don't, I don't need you to remind me of that. You know, mm. so that you kind of almost get to the point where you're manipulating it. You know, it's kind of one of those ideas where you're watching a commercial. You weren't hungry at all, but because you saw that commercial with the with the French fries and the burger, now all of a sudden you want a burger. It's the same thing. You know, you've put in my mind what it is that you want me to think. You're training my brain so that now I do and work according to what it is that you want me to do, you know. And so you you got to really start weighing the options. Oh, I'm good to you. I did this, you know. You come home, you know, and he's got baby. He sleep and the baby sleep. Don't not realizing that in actuality, he gave the baby a little drug so that the baby could go to sleep so that he could do what he wanted to do. By the time you got home, now they both sleep. You know, you got to be very, very, very careful, especially when you've got children involved. Mm. All right, Pastor KL. You know, it's uh, he keeps reminding you how good he is to you, for you, the best thing that ever happened to you. And he was always the best thing that ever happened to everybody else before you. Okay, well, well, it, it, it's half right because the last thing we do is talk about where we was. We we, we don't talk about where we was. That that that's the last conversation we're going to ask. But we remind you that when I met you, you was on EBT. Mm. You know, when, when when I met you, you was on Section Eight. Mm. You know, when, when when I met you, you know, you took the bus to work. You had to figure out how you were going to get the kids home from school. When I met you, all these things happened. You, you know what I mean? You were eating Spam sandwiches when I met you. Your, your, your kids were barely having a bowl of ravioli when I met you. So, 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 so act up if you want now. Be, because just as you enjoy what I do for you, somebody else would appreciate it. That's the only time we're going to talk about somebody else. Here's one that really makes me raise an eyebrow. They say that he treats you really well, but everybody else he treats horrible. That's an inv- indication that eventually it's going to be you. Ooh. Tamika. Mm. Yeah, he finds ways to cordon off. You know, for instance, your friends, he'll find a way to make them no longer want to be around you, too. That's a different way of trying to isolate you, you know, whether it's your family member, something that he said or did, or body language that offended somebody, you know. And, and, and people talk, you know, family members, oh, I don't, let's not be around such and such, not realizing that that was part of his plan. He literally is doing this, or she's literally doing it so that you cut off people. You know, she'll she'll act the scene in front of family members so that, you know, you don't want to be around them together, you know. And so now all of a sudden, you know, you're not invited to the family outings because of that individual, you know, not realizing that all of the, all along it's just to get you by yourself so that you can think the way I want you to move, you know, think the way I want you to think, walk the way that I want you to walk, respond the way I want you to respond. 
Mm, ah, wow. Now I got you. Mm-mm-mm. Ooh, love bombing, Pastor KL. They say, you know, they treat every they treat you like gold, everybody else like trash. And they say, you know what, you need to pay attention to that because eventually it will be you. Well, again, I'm going to say for that comment, that's for the abuser. That's for the person who's insecure in the game, in the game, if you will. Because a real player, you know, in my former life, a real player wants to get close to the mama and the sister and the daddy. Because the real player needs you to confirm, hey, to me, because this is the best you ever had. You better not leave this, man. You taking care of your kids. You taking care. This, I, I, I can't be mad and, and tell Timmy to stay away from her mama because then that draws a red flag. So I need to be close. I'm going to every kumbaya there is, everyone there is. I'm going to the to the Christmas ball. I'm going to Thanksgiving ball. I'm going to because they have to confirm he's the one. Just in case you, you it, just in case it slips by you and you say, well, I'm a little leery. Girl, you crazy. If I was you, I'd never leave that man. Okay. You're right. Don't leave that man. Wow. Wow. I want you two to close with this. We're talking about love bombing. And, again, I want to give this definition of what they say love bombing is. They say love bombing means the person of your affection is trying to influence you by bombing you with attention and love. And they say these are used, these things are used by narcissists to manipulate you. So, Pascal, you hit on something a minute ago. But here's where I want you both to close on. They say be very careful when you're, when you're being love-bombed when you sense that something doesn't feel right. Tamika, how are you closing? Um, I, I, I want to particularly speak to women because we have what they call a sixth sense. You know, they, they, you know everything seems, seems right. Uh, however, there's that, that one thing or that, you know, something that just doesn't feel right. You know, um, if she's always flattering you, there's nothing wrong with flattery or praise, but when you go over and above, you know, um, giving you with things, you know, giving me a whole lot of little gifts, things that I don't even want or need, you know, um, and you always are trying to, you know, it's one thing to have a little, you know, quality time, but it's like, you know, you quantity, you know, and you find that you, each time that you get into this situation, you're getting less and less of your choice and more and more of his choice. It's something that you need to be concerned about. You know, when a gentleman is um, concerned about you, he will do certain things, but the over and above I think you need to, to be cautious about that. You know, there's one thing to give, but especially when you start getting things, like I remember personally, um, I used to get um, outside of my doorway, this gentleman, he was, he was telling me he loved me way, way, way too early. That was number one. That was sign number one. Number two, he used to leave little things outside my doorway. 
he would leave like a rock on my front step saying I love you and it was just really it, it, it started to kind of creep me out a little bit and so when you start to get concerned and when when things don't feel right question it you know start talking to people you know start talking to your friends you know people that can help you think it out so that you can legitimately work your way through it and of course mainly you know seek God for your choices but prior to even talking to anybody seek God Am I doing this right? Am I doing this thing right? God, show me. Open up the, you know, reveal to me where the where the issue is, so that I can see it clearly. All righty, all righty, very good, very good advice. Oh, Pastor KL, you know we are trying to caution those who have that feeling, you know, that something isn't right. Go with it. First of all, let, let's say this. You need to know the season that you're in. And this is, I, I just learned this, this love bombing uh, definition today. But the, the season that you're in right now, because it's getting cold, we call it cuffing season. And we have no place to go, and we needed some place to stay. So this is where the love bombing comes. Because I'm out in the cold right now. In the summertime, I'm able to do my thing, stop here, stop there. But now it's really, really cold. So I begin to say things that I know you like. Not only that, the predator has always been your friend, meaning that you've already shared some things that, that you've gone through with your prior boyfriend, or he's seen some things that you've gone through with your prior boyfriend. So now I have a ledge up on the things that hurt you and the things that disappointed you with your children. So now I'm able to manipulate the whole situation because I know how to make it better. So be careful. We can't express everything to everybody because some folks are just not in it for your best, your best interest. Some folks are in it for their best interest. You know, we, we give up too much of the secrets. So, so there's no reason for, for, for me to, to get to know you. I already know you. I already know your, your don'ts and I already know what you would do. I, I, I already know who you are. You've already given that up. So don't 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 give that up and be very, very careful on who you speak with. All righty, good stuff. Tamika and K Pastor KL, thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation and we pray you have a blessed day. You as well, you as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All righty. Ooh, good stuff. All right, it's the top of a Monday morning, as I like to say, and you know what happens now. It's time for our switch tip with Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good. Good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. What you got for us today? Today I have the switch with Shantice where we make the switch from the streets to our godly seat. And our switch tip 169 is stop relying on your own strength. I pulled up two definitions. The first one is rely, which means to depend on with full trust or confidence. Second definition is strength which is the capacity for physical or mental effort or endurance. Exertion, which means power to resist force. Solidity, 
the quality of being substantial and reliable in character. So when we think about our strength, we think about the abilities that we have physically or mentally in the effort that we put in. We think about our level of endurance. We think about our quality of being substantial and reliable in character. And we learn, especially us believers, we learn that our character is built by God. We cannot, I mean, we can dictate our character now. When it comes to dictating our character in the good sense, in something positive, and to continue to build on that positivity, that can only come through God and Christ. And I was watching something last night, and, you know, someone who's been going through something in their life, and they've been able to better themselves, you know, um, outside of God per se, you know, God hasn't been getting a lot of the glory and praise publicly with their accomplishments. And they find themselves a lot more often lately going back and forth and struggling with the things that they used to struggle with in their past and really, really, really feeling down and out, really finding it harder, harder and harder to resist going back to what they used to do. And I remember watching the TV, and I'm like, God, now I know that this is, you know, something scripted, but a lot of these things we can't make up. So even if it's not technically based on anyone in particular, it may be something up, you know, different situations or different people that the writers have now honed in on in this one character. You know, we ain't nobody calling out to Jesus. Ain't, ain't nobody saying, you know what, I feel like, you know, because when we're in the world, it's always the I, 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 I. I was able to do this. I was able to stop this. I was able, you know, I know in the world's a whole lot of eyes. But at what point do we finally say, you know what, I don't have it the way I thought. I am not capable of going to the next level by myself. I am going to continue to struggle and eventually fall because this, but so many times we're going to continue to struggle with things before we end up going backwards, relapsing and all of that. So how often are we going to do that? How many times are we going to do that before we finally tap into the ones who actually have the capacity and the ability to build on our efforts, build on our character, build on our strength. And I know for me personally, when I speak on the things that I no longer do, I can't say I. You know, I don't ever tell people, oh, I, you know, I didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to stop clubbing. No, God, that was a very first message God sent to me was to say I was in a club. You know, I didn't say I was going to stop drinking. You know, God finally said, okay, I let you rock long enough. This is why you need to stop. You know, and I feel very uncomfortable, and it is doing God and Jesus a huge injustice by making it seem like we wake up with this notion like, I want to be better. Ain't no such thing. We will try to figure out how to continue the drinking and the partying and the spending and the working like crazy and the sexing and whatever our issues are, we will try to figure out how to modify that and try to be better at the same time, which there ain't no such thing. But, no, we have to give that credit to God and Jesus because if it wasn't for their strength, we would not grasp the concept of strength. We would not be attracted to wanting more strength. Philippians 4.13 in the Amplified Version reads, 
I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. And there's a verse where Jesus says, peace I bring unto you, not as the world brings unto you. The world does not have a concept of peace. And if you're paying attention to anything, even if you don't watch the news, you're on social media, or you're on social media and you watch the news, there is no such thing as peace in the streets. Everybody, it's like everyone wakes up with a way of how they're not going to only interrupt their peace, but your peace as well. So we have to make sure that we're understanding that anything we're able to accomplish that is positive, that has us moving upward, that has us moving out of our filth and out of our toxicity and dysfunction, only comes from Jesus. First Corinthians ten twelve message version reads, don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. And I really love this verse because the, the message version itself, I was told it's like the street version of the Bible, because it really just like takes a lot of these cliches and a lot of these sayings that we say in the streets out of our mouth. And not only does God strip that, but he replaces that with what we really need to be saying and thinking. You know, we, we learn to um, think about self-confidence and what I, again, this I, this I, 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 what I am able to do. I'm able to do this. I'm able to stop that. You're not able to do anything. We are not able to do anything. If we do not have that confidence in God, if we do not make room for God to show us how his strength is going to help us overcome, well, what does it say? You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. That is what's going to happen when we cultivate more self-confidence than God-confidence. Second Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, Amplified Version reads, But he said to me, he, as in Jesus, my grace is sufficient for you. Sufficient means enough. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawn from God's strength. And how much of an insult it is to Jesus when he says, my loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available regardless of the situation. He continues to extend his strength to us and we turn his strength down because we want to be stuck on this I, 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 I. I am going to fall flat on my face. I am going to fail. I am going to continue to stay in whatever what. And again, nowadays, God is not allowing anyone to be still. You're either going to go forwards or backwards. So I will send myself back. I will collaborate with the devil instead of God if I don't understand what it means to grab a hold and take advantage of the strength that Jesus is extending to me. So we have to make sure we're making the conscious decision of making the switch 
of relying on our own strength to making sure we are relying, depending on the full trust and confidence on the capacity and the endurance and the quality of God in Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Seth. Thank you, Shantice. Thank you. And we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Ah, let's get this benediction. We're going old school. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Number six twenty two twenty six. Hmm. Oh, you know, <laughs> been a lot of uh guidance here today and we give God thanks for all that he wakes us up with in order to give to his people and in you know and in our receipt as well, you know, as we're listening, we're growing, we're learning, we're receiving, we're hearing and it's it's amazing what God gives, you know, every day. And you know, we're talking about love bombing and you know unfortunately a lot of times you're not thinking about this all of a sudden I'm just receiving all of this you know attention you know um, you know, one of the first things we talked about was everything is quick. You know, they're showering you with time and they're showering you with phone calls and they're showering you with outings and they're showering you with gifts. You know, they're acting like, you know, um, they want to save you from everything. You know, they want to talk to the boss when the boss is doing it wrong. They want to talk to the kids and tell the kids they ain't got no business, you know, acting like that. You know, and they always want to save the day. You know, we're not thinking about, you know, the fact that, you know, everything comes so quickly. Everything is happening at the same time. You know, you're telling me how good it is that I, that you are to me and, you know, um, no one else has ever treated me, you know, like this before and, you know, mm, Pay attention. You know, a lot of times we get a lot of indicators that we ignore because, you know, we may have come from a place where we feel like, you know, I never got this before, and, you know, it's my turn. I've heard so many people say, you know, it's about that time, it's my turn, and, you know, I should have gotten this a long time ago. And, you know, unfortunately, you then leave out (laughs) some of the things that God is using to indicate that something's not quite right. And we can't ignore that. We cannot ignore those indicators the alarms are going off and the sirens are going off and all the red flags are going up and we won't pay attention to the fact that it's just not right something isn't right and we cannot take that type 
of we can't take those kind of chances. You know, one of the things that was key that I did, I purposely left out of the description of what love bombing is, is when I said that, I want to make sure I quote it right, there, these things that we talked about are used by narcissists to manipulate you. And it came up, you know, uh, Tamika said it, Pastor K.L. said it. You know, these are the manipulative things that people do in order to draw you in. And that's how abuse starts. Because you've been showered with all this attention and all this love and, you know, all of this treatment that you, quote-unquote, never got before. And it takes your mind and your attention away from the things that you need to pay attention to in order to keep from going through these things. And, you know, when we look at movies and when we look at TV shows and we see how subtle these things are, and how it slides right by people because people have already gone through a level of distress, because people have already gone through, you know, some abuse, some ill treatment. Take what God has for you and use it wisely. Don't be manipulated. Yes, we can prevent that from happening. We can. We just got it in the switch tip. We just got several things in the switch tip that coincide with what we're talking about today. Find a reason to latch on to God every day. Yeah, there's another reason why I need to hold on and grasp on to God every day. And that's how I get closer to God, because I try my best to make sure that everything I experience, it clicks to say, you know what, this is why I need God. If if I had not been paying attention to the Lord, this one would have slipped past me. If I wasn't paying attention to God, that would have slipped past me. And that's what I use as a gauge to draw, you know, to, to pay attention to what God wants me to know and to and, and to draw closer to God. Make sure you don't let these crucial key things slip past you. Continue to give yourself to God more and more every day. You won't go wrong. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. And if you've already done so, please do not miss the opportunity to strengthen your relationship with him more and more each day because later is not promised to any of us. 
Until tomorrow, God spares where's Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Until then, I love you.